Hello, everybody. Welcome to Family Faith in the Village. This is a podcast designed to be a resource for family and parents and for perhaps ministers uh, and people trying to raise fully committed disciples of Jesus. My name is Zachary Waugh, and I am joined by my co-host and colleague, Steve Miller. And Steve, we're here and this is the week where we talk about our high school students in this mini mini series that we're called that we are calling faith building. So, what if we talked about Steve in the past and kind of bring those who may have missed the episode up to date a little bit? So, if this is your first time listening to us, first of all, you know where have you been? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, this is prime podcasting right here Um, we started out uh essentially after one uh podcast that was just kind of an intro to zachary and i and what we hoped uh to put out uh in the content we hope to create Uh, we started this series and basically we started with uh infants toddlers that those pre-k years um that was a a whole episode we moved on from there to uh elementary Uh, last week we tackled excuse me the uh um awkward middle school years. So this week right. we're, we're jumping into high school. And I think where we left off last week, you were making fun of my age and maybe <laughs> speaking to the fact that. that you were closer to high school. Uh, <laughs> I think you said when we were doing the pre-K stuff, since I was a children's minister, that was my area. Well, this is time for the youth minister <laughs> to shine. So, uh, so what have you got as we tackle, how do we build that faith and not just build that faith, but build a faith that lasts right. in our high school students? Right. So we talked about in that first episode of this faith building mini series, if you will, that those infants, those young kids, they're sponges, they soak everything up. And then we said elementary students are they're the question askers. Junior high is the awkwardness, but it's also the action and they'll pretty much do anything you tell them to yep. do. Run into the lake. Sure. Fearless. Why not? I mean, they'll do anything. In this senior high group, I think one of the big things that comes to mind for me is they're thinkers. So it goes from this state of junior high where they'll say and do really anything. High school, they're a lot more quiet. They're a lot more thought. I mean, they're thought driven. They think deep and you have to be prepared uh, to have those deeper conversations with them because they're entering or about to enter a phase in their life where they have to make some pretty big choices. Absolutely. And it's pushed down um, even some decisions that I made in high school, my eighth grader has to make now right. as far as yeah. like classes. Yep. So so it, it's been pushed down. So to your point, some, some big life decisions uh, are going on in high school. Yeah, for sure. So I, I just wrote down a few things that they typically a high school student is going to have to make a choice or a decision on. Of course, you have your class schedule and the busyness of that, whether to go to a VOTEC or here in our city, it's a CEC building and kind of learn different trades, different things you can do, or are you going to stay at the school? Are you going to take AP classes? Are you going to do dual credit? or go and take concurrent classes. I mean, there's so many things just academically that they have to choose. But then extracurricular activities on top of that adds to a huge list. And then, uh, of course, whether you're a freshman or a sophomore, sometime in there, you're most likely going to get your driver's license and a car becomes introduced. (laughs) Just add that to the list. And then perhaps 
maybe. Uh, if you're a parent, you're probably saying no. If you're a teenager, you're saying yes Absolutely to dating. Not. There it is. Said the dad of a junior in high school. Yeah. So dating's probably most likely at least going to be a topic of discussion with your student or your child in senior high. And then the last, the last thing that I said that I wrote down uh, for as decisions that come up, and that's where to go to school or what to do after graduation, whether it's college, whether it's, uh, you know, you're going to a trade school, something like that. What are you going to do? And those are all issues that are very, very difficult. And I heard this once, Steve, in a conference. Uh, I have a mother-in-law that tells, <laughs> tells a lot of people all the time when talking about why young people make a lot of dumb decisions. And she always says, says, well, the prefrontal cortex of the brain doesn't develop fully until age 22. Okay, well, if that's the case, man, we leave a lot of huge decisions in our lives to be made when our brain's not even yeah. fully developed. And definitely in the males, right? I'm sure your right. mother-in-law points that yeah, out yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of terrifying that here's all this, this list of huge decisions that has to be made before you're 22 years old. And your brain's not in even fully developed. That's pretty crazy stuff. Steve, anything else on that that list of no. decisions kind of? No, I mean, you you touched on a, a lot of things that I have. And, and Zachary and I have made apologies before. Um, some of you may be uh, listen to all kinds of podcasts all day long with huge production staffs and awesome <laughs> yeah. things. Uh, Zachary and I are it. So not only are we the ones here speaking now, but we're the one we are the ones who will edit and post and uh, maybe add an intro song or two. We've already changed that once. Yeah, we, we did didn't like what we were doing. <laughs> um, but something else we've referenced is you know we don't compare notes. We don't necessarily we kind of have a topic, but when we get up here, we want it to be a conversation. Um, not just between us, but but maybe spark some thought and and maybe you're talking back to the podcast a little. And so it's interesting, Zachary, you point out all those things and pretty much uh, covered every one that I had. And my notes kind of took a different turn in that I, you know, okay, so we have all these things going on. How do we combat those things that may be taken over? How do we build faith um, in those things? And right. I tell you what, I'll just start with one of the big ones that I had at this age. And it's something we've talked about at every age, but but maybe uh, with your high school students, this just becomes paramount. And it's that example. It's that modeling. Yep. And it's not just the example of, of your faith, but I think one of the best things that you can do for your high school student to build and strengthen their faith and build a lasting faith is working on your faith at this time working on your marriage at this time if i'm being yeah. honest this is a tough time for, for moms and dads as kids are transitioning to making some of their own decisions as right. kids are so so for them to see you working on your marriage or heaven forbid my 17 year old daughter is dating <laughs> um, no uh she's mortified right now if she listens to these i'm not even sure if she does or not but um but if they are at that point where dating is a thing, like to see examples of relationships in your marriage and faith right. in your marriage, I think those are huge. So while we've talked about an example and the sponges uh, of the pre-K kids pick up on your example and the question askers and the action takers, they are all following your example. But this becomes a huge time because 
pretty soon they're going to have the reins to yes. their life. So, yeah. so for me, that's a huge one at this age is really, and, and it sounds different by saying you help your kids the most when you work on your faith, but in everything that Zachary, and I'm sure you find this too, everything I look at, everything I read, when I want to dig into how can I help kids build a faith, it comes back to that, that example that right. you having a strong faith as a parent is going to be one of the best things you can give them. Right. Now it's not a, uh, you know, get out of jail free card. We've mm-hmm. talked before, none of these things guarantee, but they go to those scriptures that tell us if we put these things on their hearts and on their minds. And if we talk about it while they may fall, um, the idea is they won't stray far from it. Right. At least there's a much better chance that they're not going to do that. And we know we talked about it in our very first introduction episode of this podcast, the time frame that most young people, if they're going to leave the church, they're going to leave the church from ages 18 to 25. So if that's the case, this age group right before that time where they either stay in church or they fall away from church, that is a critical time for you to make sure that you don't take this time off. Uh, but that you keep building faith at home. And I think oftentimes, I mean, man, these high school students, they're busier than we would ever dream of being. I mean, even when I look back to my high school experience and the things that people are doing now, I, it's it just blows my mind how doesn't, busy they are. It doesn't even compare. Right. I, when I look back to my yeah. and I thought I was busy, and I'm uh, sure my I mom— did too. And, and, you know, my parents thought we were busy, Yeah. but it just, it's unreal right now. Right, right. And in all that busyness, I think the temptation is to just, you know, if there's one area we could take a break in, well, I mean, we can't make them not go to school. They're loyal to the team. Now well, let's just take a little bit of a break in our faith. Yeah, we'll just hold off. We did enough earlier. Don't let off. Don't, Don't let off. fall into that right. trap. And that's, and I actually had, don't fall into that trap on, that's, and I had dot, 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 because there was a few things from that. Exactly what you just said. We can fall into the trap at this stage in life of, of even subconsciously kind of letting some of those things fall off. High schoolers also provide a lot of other traps. This is the age as parents where we see some of the things that we don't like in ourselves Maybe a quick reaction, maybe a quick word when we know we should be quiet. We see it in our teens and yeah. don't fall into those traps either. There's, there, I feel like the most traps my wife and I have encountered are with the high school students. We've, right. You know, there's struggles right. and there's things. But this is, this is a time when as a parent, building a faith, building a, just a human being, you know, helping them develop, uh, be leery of those traps and especially that one of, of neglecting what's become hopefully a habit. If you've been doing some of the things we've talked about, if you've set that time aside to study and to do devotionals, don't let this be the time that that falls off. If anything, step it up. And maybe um, in addition to maybe, you know, your children are are tapped into that nightly devotional, that nightly talk about how's your heart or things like that. But now at this age, you got to utilize the challenges too. It can't just be those set times. Because they're going to have things come up uh, that you need to talk about when they happen, as they happen. Talk about faith outside of those normal times that you right. probably developed when they were younger. Absolutely. One of the things I wrote down is that freedom becomes a bigger thing the older your student is. Uh, and as parents, you're probably almost forced 
to give your child more and more freedom the older they get. And I think that that's a healthy, that's a good thing. Although I'm sure you have to do so with extreme caution. Mm-hmm. But Steve, I was wondering if you said, you know, don't fall into the trap. Is is some of the trap coming from high school student rebellion? It, you know what I'm saying? So you give them freedom. Ha- have you experienced some, like them turning that freedom against you? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, or I hope, maybe I tell myself this to, to make myself feel a little better, but I think all parents experience that. It's that right. how much rope is too much rope. Yep. Because they're going to trip themselves up. Yep. And that's part of life. And, and that comes back to in those struggles and in those, when we trip and fall, it's not just mom and dad picking me up and dusting me off, but God's there to pick me yeah. up and to dust me off. Right. But, but absolutely, Zachary, I think um, this is a time when mistakes happen parent parenting wise and life wise in in the high school students so right. you have to prepare for that you yep. know um because you don't have the control that maybe you had once that kid starts driving one of the things yes. you put on there you know and there's great apps <laughs> and there's great things you can do and um my daughter can text us when she leaves and when she gets everywhere and we can look on her phone and see but i think back to my parents I had no idea. I mean, yeah, you could be anywhere. It's it's right. mind boggling when I tell my kids like cell phones were not a thing when I was in yeah. high school, but yeah. they were not a thing when right. I was in high school. Right. So I can't even imagine. But yeah, those those things are very real. So you have to go into that upfront, being honest with yourself. And yeah. again, that probably goes to some of your own faith building as right. a parent. Absolutely. And you said you mentioned mistakes, and I think mistakes in this particular age group when we're talking about high school students they're often so much more costly than they are as an elementary student than they are as a junior high student right because now you have a car if you make a mistake with a car that spells trouble if you make a mistake in a relationship that could be trouble i mean there's so many things the stakes are a little bit higher the older you get Uh, it's just with that freedom also comes a little bit more danger as well. Absolutely. And with that freedom, you as a parent, you have to maybe ask more questions. I, uh, my daughter drives, she calls me and says, dad, my tire pressure light came on. I think my tire's low. So I go into, okay, well, what's it say? You know, we'll put air in it when you get home. I didn't communicate much more than that. All she had communicated with me was dad, the lights on. I think my tire's low. Well, her tire was completely flat. She had caught a piece of a broken curb in the road (laughs) and basically blown up her tire. I didn't communicate very well by asking more questions. She didn't communicate that, hey, I hit something and the light (laughs) came on, not just like it's cold outside. Right. right. So you have to step up your communication game uh, as well. Yeah. At at this age. Yeah. Um, Because, again, they're going to model your I didn't communicate very well in that situation. So I didn't get very good communication from her you right. know, until I get the call that's she's more upset and in tears and it doesn't feel right. Well, the tire's completely flat. Let's stop and, yep. and reevaluate. So, yeah. so communication um, at this age. And, and again, if you're working on communication in your whole household, if you're working on your marriage at this time, if you're focusing on your marriage and communication at this time, it just spills over into those relationships with your high school children as well. So communication was a big one I had. That's one of the things that I wrote down was 
being active listeners for this group specifically. And I think that's something you should practice, of course, throughout your entire child's or student's life. But in this age group, there tends to be a lot of doubts, a lot of difficult questions that arise. The questions aren't something that you could just, you know, give a decent answer on the fly. You know, it takes some serious communication skills, some serious listening to be able to respond in the right way and just showing your student that that they're that you're uh actively listening, that they're uh worthy of your time, you know, just things that you can do to really make a difference in their lives. And one of the things we talked about how busy they are in this group and how many big life decisions. Man, I think it means so much when a parent sympathizes with you. You know, and they they don't make you handle all those things on your own. They talk to you about it. They're active participants in that whole decision-making process and it it comes down like so many things do to communication. Absolutely. And I think it's okay, you know, just talking a little bit about they get a little a uh, bit more freedom at this age. Um, but they don't get as much freedom as they think. And I think that's okay too. It's, and we do this with small children a lot. It's the, the small little toddler or even elementary student, if they fall and you see, you see them bonk their head pretty good, or you see them skin their knee pretty good, but you as a parent, you're like, Oh, look away. Cause if you as a parent don't see it and freak out, they kind of handle it a little better but you were watching the whole time you know what was going on yeah the same thing applies here you you're working to give them freedom but almost in a little bit sneaky way (laughs) you're kind of still setting them up to succeed or still paying attention to what they're doing on their phone even if they don't know what they're you know so it's freedom but it's also parenting yeah yeah, still have still have to do the same thing that yeah. applied to the toddler. That's like, oh, if I didn't see them, they won't freak out. It's a little bit of that same mentality now. Yes, uh, be be aware of what's going on, um, but be there empathetically and supportively. Right, like you just referenced. Yeah, absolutely. I wrote down a couple of things, and I just titled this: "What can parents do in regard to preparing them for the next chapter of their life?" Uh, so maybe your student's a junior or a senior and these things really, I mean, these things are really pressing matters where they're going to go to college, what they're going to do, are you going to kick them out of the house at age 18 or when they graduate? Uh, How are you going to go about that? Uh, But two things I wrote and two things that I want to make sure as a youth minister that I try to do for juniors and seniors and things that I think parents should probably try to do at least is first thing, Prepare them how to have faith conversations with people who disagree with you. And then the second thing, prepare them with life skills, just basic life skills, how to manage money, what to do if your car breaks down on the side of the road, how to do laundry on your own, how to do all these little things that you just maybe perhaps overlooked. Now I want to go back and break those down and discuss this just a bit, but the first one was, Prepare them how to have faith conversations with people who disagree with you. I thought when I went to OC, I really did. I was so naive as a freshman. And I got there and I was like, this is a Church of Christ school. Everyone's going to believe the same 
way I do, and I quickly found that that was not the case at all. And I think sometimes this is why you kind of make or break your faith in this college group is because we're not prepared to have these conversations. Well, oh no, someone reads this verse this way, and it kind of makes sense. My faith is is shattered, right? It so the foundation has been shaken, and too often we just we don't know what to do with that. And how do we teach our students and our kids to have these conversations with people who disagree with you and still not lose your faith over it? And and I'm sure you had a similar experience at York. Absolutely. So well. same thing. You you go in, you kind of think, oh, this will be a lot of people who think like I do, and there are. Yep. But there are often. Like you said, some things that maybe people say that you haven't heard before, but it goes back to have, has your faith been about what your parents say your faith is, or have your parents built an opportunity for, well, this is what the Bible says. And when you have those conversations, and frankly, that's a a magic bullet. I think even in society right now, Zachary, is people don't know how to communicate with people who disagree with them. Right. And we're not just talking Christian things, biblical things. Everything. Politically, everything is yeah. polarizing, right? There's, yes. there's, you, and if you're not listening, or if I don't think you're hearing me, I'll just get louder, or I'll just post more, and yep. somehow we think that solves things, and yeah, and so uh, that's a huge one. I, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, and then that second one, preparing them with life skills, and I know as a church, this isn't something you know. Well, that's not. Bible class or something, and I I would agree with that. That's not Bible class, but maybe it's something that should be taught uh, through our youth ministry or through your church, but for sure in your home as well, because you're about to send these kids out on their own. And I was talking to someone the other day, and I'll just keep it super vague, but their daughter was traveling back to school, and one time uh, when the daughter was supposed to be traveling back to school, she ended up in a city that was about two hours away uh, from the path that she was supposed to be taken, and it caused about a four-hour delay and round trip just by going the wrong way. I mean, things like that. That's a sh- four hours? I mean, that's just, for someone like me that I'd like to say I'm pretty good with directions and maps and stuff, and I know, Steve, you are as well, the thought of that makes me cringe. Like, you missed the turn, okay, but four hours? How do you go that At far? At what point do you realize, hey, I'm not going to be there. I'm headed to the wrong state. I mean, that's just nuts. But basic life skills. So, and a great analogy, I think, that ties in, and it's something that's going on in the life of, of your high school student. Um, when you are taking driver's ed, when you're getting your driver's license. Um, my daughter, we recently go through it. And even I um, think about things like, well, why why is parallel parking a thing? Half the cars you buy now do it on their own. Yep. And you press a button you. and they do right. it for you. Right. But when, you, when you're actually teaching your child to drive, what you realize is their ability to control the car in these very short, very specific movements in parallel parking and then in a parking lot, the slow little things add up to them really being able to control the car 
in any situation. If you can yep. make these small little adjustments, and and I think that goes to what you're saying about life skills. If we can build those things, li- yeah. the, even the littlest things, even being able to do their own laundry, even right. it's gonna it's gonna explode into I can do this on my own, and it's gonna become I can study my faith on right. my own. Exactly. I can prepare myself. Uh, with the help of my church family to yep. do more things. And, and so it is, it's really about the little life skills will serve not just um, your physical life, but, but they'll serve your spiritual yeah. life because it, it builds confidence being able right. to do each of those things. Absolutely. You, you almost take a little bit of pride in that. Hmm. It's just like, wow, you know what? My parents have done that for me all my life, but I just did it. Yeah. I could do more and more things. I remember a TV show back years ago and, and that's, one of the premises is a sitcom. And one of the premises of the whole episode is this adult woman finally does her own load of laundry, not without all, some funny things <laughs> happening along right. the way. But it, it just yep. goes to show you how empowering that can be. So so help your kids. Uh, empower your kids. Teach them uh, life skills. Even things like changing attire <laughs> right. can, be, can be a great life lesson. Yeah, and absolutely. One last thing that I had... Steve, what else have you got? I've got a few more things, but I can kind of, I'll, I'll hit them okay. fast and okay. shut them. I actually, I don't, I typically, I just write one or two words on my notes here. But this, I actually scripted out. So just bear with me here. Now just read this word for word off of my notes here. There is a part of me as a youth minister, and maybe some feel this as a parent, but a part of me that feels guilty and if I'm being honest, a little bit like a failure if and when a student graduates high school and leaves for college without giving their life to Christ. So I know it's going to happen, but it breaks my heart because statistically speaking, we missed the greatest opportunity for them to make that decision. And as difficult as that is for me and maybe for you as a minister or a parent, I would rather have simply put those thoughts in their head and done my best to model a Christ-like life than to scare them into making a decision to be baptized. I'd rather plant those thoughts than to see someone doing something to make me happy or to make their parents happy. It's a choice, and it's a big one, not one that should be taken lightly. And as a youth minister, I think I have to be okay with that. And as a parent, don't let that discourage you. Just that, That's just something that was word for word off my notes. I just thought about that today because you're nearing this time in your life with your student, with your child, you're about to lose them. And I think one of the temptations that I have as a youth minister is just wanting at all cost for them to give their life to Christ and not leaving that choice to them and making sure that it's something that they desire and that they want to do. I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> no, no, very well said. Clearly you wrote that out because that's a lot better than a lot of things you've said before. <laughs> um, no, I couldn't agree more. And and along those lines, one of the things that we've talked about uh, kind of at each level, and I don't want to overlook here, is prayer. Um, and to your point, um, you know, we're sowing a seed even with our children and in our prayer. And as we pray, 
we have to remember that that as much as we care for our children, um, as much as our lives are about them, God cares for them more. And we can't do everything to make that grow. We, God will do it. God cares more than we do. We have to sow the seed. We have to prepare the ground. We yeah. have to do those things. But, but don't let what Zachary just described be the thing that keeps you from working the ground, that keeps you from sowing the seed. Because you may right. not. We can't put checks and boxes and timetables into everyone's faith and to everyone's spiritual walk. Yeah. Um, but, but prayer is a huge thing. Pray. Uh, without ceasing for your family and for your high school student. And again, when they see you doing that, when they hear you doing that, that's going to have a huge impact. So that was absolutely another thing. Another just real practical one that I, I saw in my mom in building our faith um, is be the house is what I wrote. That's the only thing I wrote in my notes. Mm-hmm. But my house was the house that anybody that I went to school with, anybody that was in my friend group could have shown up at any time. And mom would have made a food or if mom was at work, there would have been stuff to eat and stuff to do. Right. And it gave her so much, you know, looking back, I understand it gave her so much control on who we spent time with and how we spent our time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say, even if you're not the, the, the house right now, be the house. It's also a great lesson, a scriptural lesson in hospitality. I think that's a huge thing at this age. For sure. Um, This is an age when, um, you teach your children that it is not um, awkward. It is not unacceptable. It, it is absolutely the time to invite your friends to church. Yep. If you can instill that in your high school student, that will serve their faith, their walk, uh, their ability to talk to other people about the gospel. Uh, huge. So so be the house. Make sure you're inviting. Uh, you've got your kids inviting others to church. At each age level that we've talked about, Zachary, I threw out. Uh, a book, you know, I talked about the storybook type Bibles right. for the youngest kids. I yep. talked about more of a reader version uh, for the elementary student in middle school. Uh, we threw out, you know, add a dictionary picture, concordance, a concordance or something because yep. they're doing a lot of that reference type work. Right. Um, I would say in high school, this is a great time if I was going to recommend books or things to use those books that are not the Bible, but are Bible studies. And yep. this is a good time for those because if they're grounded in the scripture already, they've got their Bible, right. they can do a study, um, you know, spiritual warfare about Jude. And, you know, it's a book with different lessons or a study about Barnabas and kind of pair it with those great yeah. resources that Absolutely. are out there. This is a really good time to to introduce that. So if I was going to throw out one book, I would also say this is a great time. And, and Zachary and I both, I've probably referenced it already in other conversations, but um, books for yourself as a parent. So Sticky Faith, yep. uh, the Sticky Faith Guide uh, for your family. Books like that could be great resources uh, for you as a parent or as a minister, uh, as someone in a church. Partnering your child with a mentor at this age. We talked a little bit about last time, but when, when other people who share your faith can model it, show it, mm-hmm. share it with your children. Um, and that's a huge thing. And we talked about it in middle school as well. But, uh, man, get your high school students uh, serving. Look for the service Absolutely. opportunities because yeah. that's going to go a long way. And maybe that's where they learn some of those life skills that you yeah. talked about. Yeah. Um, even mowing yards, taking care of things. Um, 
The only other note I had, and it kind of went back to uh, to the books and the resources that you might use at this age. For whatever reason, I don't see many 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds without earbuds in. Find an audio Absolutely. Bible. Find, yep. you know, maybe they're not a reader, but maybe maybe they, in that Devo time that you have nightly, maybe they're listening to the Bible. Utilize Absolutely. something like that. For sure. Um, I think is another great resource, and, and especially kind of with this generation, that man loves their AirPods and uh, <laughs> and uh, all their different uh, beats and listening yeah. devices. I think an audio Bible is a great resource at this age as well. I think so too. One thing that I wanted to touch on that Steve brought up made me think of it. He he used the word embarrassed, and I think this age, the junior high age group, that's the one thing that they never have. They're never embarrassed. High school students very easily Just embarrassed, so, so aware shy, of the aware, them. exactly. And I think it's easy sometimes for the high school students to be embarrassed by doing spiritual things doing church things, but man, if that was modeled their whole life, if that was something that parents were excited about and everyone in your house, it's just something you did. I think there's a whole lot better chance that once your students in high school, they're going to go along with that just fine because they know that's who you are. Right. And it's just something I'm not going to be embarrassed by it because we realize that's most important. Well, Steve, tell us what we got coming up next week. So I think we're going to wrap up this series next week by basically talking to those parents of uh, young adults. You know, what do we do uh, as parents? I've got kids who will be there before we know it. Zachary, honestly, is probably still in that category. (laughs) Um, But but yeah, we're going to wrap up this series kind of how we build faith at each age group. Uh, with that young adult or those maybe college age, if you think of it that way. Right. Absolutely. We hope that you'll join us then. Uh, If you are listening to this podcast, we thank you for doing that. And a huge help to us would be if you shared that with family, with friends. And if you gave us a rating, uh, that helps too. I think it gets our name out there a little bit easier and quicker to find at places. So we'd really appreciate you doing that as well. We're on, let's see, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. That's right. And I believe we should be on Amazon, whatever their podcast, Audible. Okay. I believe we should be on there as well. Anyway, until next week, take care and start raising faithfully committed disciples. We've uh, enjoyed this opportunity to uh, talk to each other. Hopefully you've enjoyed it as well. And as we've said before, all these things may not work for you. None of these things may work for you, but find something that works for you. Absolutely. Make it consistent and really focus on your family, your faith, 